Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will Welcome in to Lombardi's Legends Podcast I am Wags joining me with always is Dane We are recording live here on a Monday evening on our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter channels, simulcast, and uh, or you may be listening to us later wherever you download your podcast. Uh, if you don't see us, we've got little rings around our eyes. We're uh, so tired from being up celebrating the Packers locking up the NFC's number one seed, and more importantly, just dominating uh, one of our rivals in the Minnesota Vikings, knocking them out of the playoffs. Dane, we took care of the Vikings 37 to 10, and I couldn't feel be feeling much better today. Yeah, Wags, I couldn't be happier. Uh, I could not be happier with how the Packers performed. Uh, I thought that they uh, played one of their most complete games of the season. Uh, how about that? Uh, you know, we had talked going into this game that we really need a uh, a signature win. And guess what? I thought the Packers went ahead and did it. Uh, A.J. Dillon played phenomenal football, uh, but I thought overall the team played really well together. Special teams wasn't an issue, which is really exciting to see all the time. Um, And um, I thought the defense really rose to the occasion against a a subpar quarterback, backup quarterback for the Vikings. And now it's all out in front of the Green Bay Packers. And that's what it's really about. Um, Back in August, there was a lot of turmoil all offseason long. We were wondering. Was that it? Is Aaron Rodgers done in Green Bay? We had all these question marks, you know, after week ones that Packers get blown out, Zadarius Smith's done for the foreseeable future. You know, there's all these things where it it seemed like things might be uh, cratering downward. And instead, what the Packers did, this team came together. Matt LaFleur, in my opinion, is coach of the year, has done an absolute incredible job in the face of adversity. And again, now it's all out in front of us. The Packers are the one seed. We, as you've coined it, Packer people problems. Now we're wondering, oh, how many quarters do the Packers play this week? Because it's already wrapped up. It's pretty impressive stuff. How are you feeling here on Monday night? I, I'm babbling a bit because I'm just really happy and proud of the Packers right now. For sure. And, I, you know, we can get into breaking down this game. But to me, you know, and I don't want to just brush over the game because there was some really you know impressive stuff that happened. Uh, for sure, last night. But I think you're hitting on a couple of things. Just looking back, how did we get here? And to lock up the number one seed, let alone doing it with a week to spare in the regular season. After week one, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this is this is not going to go well. I mean, I wasn't giving up on the season, but that was not a good feeling, right? Even after the first couple of weeks, the the Packers came out and won a couple of games in week two and week three. And um, I think we started to feel a little bit better, but it just didn't have the look and feel of of a team that was going to be a a true legit contender and be in it to the end, like we had the previous couple of seasons. Uh, But Dane, I think, you know, there was a point in the season, and I'm not saying it took me until the midpoint of the season, but when we went into Arizona and we had all our guys out, particularly in the wide receiver room, and Aaron Rodgers just said, guys, 
I got this. <laughs> and the Packers came out with a win. Rasul Douglas makes his uh, appearance, I think, on the national stage and in basically the consciousness of the Packer fandom all in the same time. It's it's That's when I think you started to get a sense that, oh, okay, we, we're going to be all right here. We're, we've got what it takes to get into the stretch run. But even then, you know, we, we had all these guys getting hurt and you just had to wonder, are we going to be able to have enough to get to the finish line and be in position? Um, I knew we were going to be a playoff team at that point, Dane, but um, for everyone to be able to rally and come together, I couldn't agree more. You've got to give coach LaFleur and this whole staff a ton of credit because there's lots of teams around the league that are dealing with, you know, a ton of injuries. We're not the only team that's dealing with the type of injuries that we've dealt with as, as amazing as that is, but we're the only team that's winning the way we are with those injuries. And I think that's the biggest difference. Um, so Dane, I, I don't know if you have a moment in the season yourself, um, aside from what I'm a couple that I mentioned that it started to feel like, okay, all right, we actually may have a, a chance to put ourselves in a, the true driver's seat down the stretch. Yeah, Wags, um, that's that's a really good point. I thought that Arizona game was was incredibly impressive just with how they handled their business there. Um, that was one, I think, when we went in there that was, you know, we, it was concerning. I, I'm going to, but they, 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 I think, did everything the right way. I'm going to go a different way. Let's just have fun with it. How about the way they lost against the Chiefs? The defense looked so good uh, against Patrick Mahomes. They went on the road against Kansas City, ended up losing, what, 13 to 7. Um, without Aaron Rodgers, the team going through all this adversity. I'm going to point that out as another potential time where it felt like things were going to be okay. And I know that's a little counterintuitive because we're talking about a Packer loss, but they had a lot of stuff they were dealing with in that moment. And we've seen this team in some years past, not really under Matt LaFleur, but in previous uh, iterations on, in the McCarthy era, kind of later on, Rodgers wasn't there the team kind of just folded. It was almost like, you know, you let the air out of the room. Um, I didn't get that sense from this team, and I haven't this year. Uh, the defense went out there against Kansas City almost like they had a chip on their shoulder, like they wanted to go out and prove we can do this. We're a team. We're going to go out and get this one. Obviously, it didn't end up the way we'd hoped it would, but I thought that the team showed a lot of grit and tenacity to be able to hold Patrick Mahomes to, to what they were able to hold them to. And I mean, this is a defense wags Mahomes to what they've done this year. Some of these other great players and then Delvin cook just Sunday night, what 13 yards on 11 or 12 touches. I mean, it's, it's incredible what this defense has done in stretches when they're good, they can be exceedingly good. Um, when they they're bad, we can have some concerns, but I'm really excited and eager to see what this team can look like, especially if the rumors are true and there's a potential to get Jair Alexander back here as soon as this week against Detroit. Because if we get Jair back, Wags, we get him back for the stretch run here. I don't know of a, a better cornerback room in the playoffs than Jair Alexander, Razul Douglas, Eric Stokes, Shandon Sullivan. That's a nasty four if you're trying to pass the ball in cold weather at Lambeau Field. So um, 
but just going back to the original, I think the Cardinals game was that moment where you go, this team can win. They can win on the road. They can win on a short week. They can do it with a bunch of guys out. But I also look at that Kansas City game because, man, oh, man, that was where I went, oh, this is a team this year. This isn't Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. This is the Green Bay Packers. And I, I think that that says a lot about the the tenacity of this team. Yeah, and I think uh, getting into the game then last night, I, this was a Vikings team that was clearly undermanned. Um, you know, I'll just all respect to Sean Mannion, but and he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't good. Uh, that wasn't a performance that was going to do anything to galvanize uh, that Vikings offense, uh, especially with the way the Packers were able to take some things away, as you said. Uh, with uh, Cook not even getting anything going on the ground or even in the past game as well. Uh, Justin Jefferson just really didn't have too much of an impact in this game. So um, despite the fact that the Vikings were without Kirk Cousins last night, um, I think you do have to give this defense a ton of credit. So let's start with that. Uh, Dean, what were the things you were picking up? Because it seemed like right off the bat, first few possessions, the Vikings just really couldn't get anything going on the ground. And um, that was what I felt like we needed to see was we can't let them get going and get that rhythm early. Uh, but uh, what were some of the differences or the changes that you saw um, either from an execution or from a schematic standpoint or both last night against Dalvin Cook versus maybe a week prior uh, in, in that game against the Browns and Nick Chubb? It's a good question. I, I thought guys were staying home um, really well yesterday. Even early on, that Preston Smith play, um, first series maybe it was, if, if uh, my, my recollection is correct. And, and Cook was able to get outside of Preston Smith, uh, but Smith had enough of the edge that it forced Cook to kind of take a different angle than I think he would have liked to have. And it made maybe a four-yard gain instead of what could have been an eight- or nine-yard gain to Preston Smith's knifing inside. And I thought that actually really set the tone for the the night. I know it sounds silly on on kind of a, a minor play, um, but it seemed like this this defense was willing to all play their role in a way that maybe we hadn't seen in the last couple of weeks, there was a lot of trust there last night. We saw the defensive line play really high level football. I thought Tyler Lancaster played well, but we also need to um, give credit to TJ Slayton. We talked about TJ. He got an uptick in snaps. And then of course, Kenny Clark um, played really good football yet again. And Wags uh, actually less snaps this week than he had played in the previous couple of weeks. But I thought he was incredibly impactful, like he normally is against the Minnesota Vikings center. But um, we saw him getting double team, shedding some of these double team blocks. And then uh, Devondre Campbell um, leads the league in tackles, uh, has like single digit missed tackles on the season. He had a number of third down and fourth down stops. Uh, again this week and you can't say enough about how good he was at, at uh, you know um, shedding some of those guys that were trying to get to the second level from the Minnesota Vikings using really strong hand movement uh, and just really good in position form tackles same can be said for Chris Barnes so Wags to answer your question I thought Barnes played at a high level 
uh, and Campbell, but the defensive line set the tone. They set the tone early. And once they got down a little bit and Campbell wasn't getting running room, I know Mannion early on, you know, had a couple of those scramble manufactured nice passing plays, but that was not going to last if they weren't going to get the running game going. And when we started seeing second, third and long, the Vikings were in a hell of a lot of trouble. And, and that came to fruition. Once that happened, the Packers defense smelled blood in the water and they got after him. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned keeping some of the snap counts lower for these guys. It helps when you actually force the other team to punt and uh, prevent them from getting first downs all the way up and down the field. That's going to keep, keep the the possession into the uh, Packers offense. The offense obviously did their part in, you know, executing and, and for the most part, putting some drives together, uh, even in the drives they didn't score in the first quarter. They were moving down the field and taking some time off the clock after the Vikings had some three and outs or some very, very brief possessions. So all of those things kind of synonymously work together to keep those snap counts down for sure. Uh, but you hit it. It was uh, execution. It was first responsibility, get into your gaps, and then doing a better job of shedding those blocks. Um, so get to your spot and then get off the blocks. And um, so it was a, a two, two factors there because against the Browns, they weren't getting to their spots and they weren't getting off blocks. So it was a, a complete 180 as far as I'm concerned with, with the, what the guys up front were able to do. And uh, as you said, Chris Barnes did a much, he had a, a much stronger game of um, attacking downhill. Uh, getting through blocks as well. Even when he wasn't getting the tackle as a linebacker, your coach, you still need to get your gap responsibility too. It's not just the guys uh, on the defensive line. And that means ripping through the block. So that's forcing the uh, runner to cut back, back into the hole where Devondre Campbell or Darnell Savage or someone else uh, is, is moving downhill and can, can clean up and make the tackle them themselves. So um it's one game. It was just like the Cleveland Browns was one game. This Vikings game was one game. Uh, however, for them to fix things uh, that dramatically, uh, now my only question, Dane, is why the heck uh, would we have any breakdowns moving forward? Can we just bottle that up? And what's it going to take to make sure that what they did yesterday is the effort and the execution that we're getting uh, the rest of the way and that we don't have any more slip-ups because they're going to have to really be on top of the game. There's there's no margin for error moving forward. Yeah, you're right. There is there is no margin for error. Um, but I, I like the guys we have on this defense right now. Um, I, I, like, I like the place that we're at. I like that we're getting healthy potentially at this time as well. Legs, I'm... I'm holding out. I, I'm not only holding out hope. I'm I'm starting to get a suspicion that we're going to get Jair back pretty quick, uh, which totally changes the makeup of this team, uh, but in a really really impactful positive way. Um, and then the next question is Zadarius Smith. What does this defense? And I want to ask you this question now. I, I I'm just going to ask it. Ifs and buts. We don't know if we were to get Zadarius Smith back, even if we're talking 15 snaps a game with this defense, just to rush the passer even, think about the impact that he makes with how good Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary have been off the edge this year. Both of those guys are within a, a sack of double-digit sacks. That's without Big Z. Even if we're getting Big Z back 15 snaps, man, this makes this defense so much more dangerous, Wags, especially we've got Jair helping out on the back end as well. 
Yeah, um, he's going to have to hit the practice field first. I mean, when when is he going to practice? I mean, if if he doesn't start practicing this week, you know, granted, there's still opportunity to start ramping him up before that first playoff game, uh, but there's not a lot more opportunity. So um, I guess the window for me is pretty small. I'd like to see Zedarius, uh, even if he doesn't play this week, at least be able to get a, a, some limited practice work. Um, I think this, to me, is the week. I'm not saying he wouldn't be able to come back at some point if the Packers make a run in the playoffs um, later on down the road. But if not now, it doesn't seem like it's too likely to happen. Uh, so that's, I, I guess, I know we've been talking, all Packer fans, and uh, you and I are starting to get frustrated by the hypotheticals because it feels like some of these guys should have been back by now. Uh, but, and I know other Packer fans are, and it's sort of, I think we are in a way just blocking it out and and not hoping anymore because then if it actually happens, it'll be like Christmas morning and we're that six-year-old kid again, just so giddy that it actually happened. So we're compartmentalizing it, but there is that reality of the dude has to at least practice at some point. Um, you know, we're talking about practice. I get it. Not a game, not, <laughs> not a, game, a game, but practice. Uh, but yeah, Z needs to be out there if he's going to return. Um, so to answer your question in a roundabout way, of course he'd make an impact. Uh, that's why we're all so badly hoping that it, it does happen. So I don't care. We said last week he plays a position where we don't need him like David Bakhtiari to be at a level that he's going to have to go out there and play 60, 65 snaps at a super high level um, and hold up for four quarters. He can take a series off. He can take two series off. Um, As long as he is available for a few plays here and there or certain situations, if that's all that the Packers feel like they can get out of him, um, they'll still do it. So, um, I mean, who would you rather have? No disrespect to Jonathan Garvin or Atipa Nalei, but would you rather have Zadarius Smith for 15 to 20 snaps or one of those guys? I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear cut at this point. So, um, Dane, I, I, I'm hoping that our hope is actually going to translate into something here because it, although they have played at a really high level, without Zadarius Smith and and without Jair Alexander, who I agree is, is he's coming back, uh, definitely. So um, that doesn't mean that we can't get that extra level um, if, if any of these guys are able to return. So, uh, Dane, going back to the game, though, run defense did exceptionally well. I don't want to ignore uh, what these guys did in coverage against yeah. the pass as well. Um, first series, it looked like the Vikings were going to go down the field perhaps and, and get something going and at least get into field goal range. If not, not punch in, um, a touchdown, depending on how far they got down there, killer penalty. So I think the Packers were fortunate, uh, that they, um, got, uh, pulled back, back onto the Packers side of the field. And thankfully at that point, we're able to, force a, a couple of incompletions and, and force the Vikings to punt the ball. But um, from there on, uh, aside from one late 
drive in, in the early fourth quarter, um, or was that late third quarter? I can't even remember for sure. Uh, this Vikings offense uh, just couldn't get anything going in the pass game. Um, Mannion didn't look super comfortable. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over to his credit, um, but uh, just it wasn't really putting the ball on point. It looked like some of the timing uh, was off uh, between he and the receivers. Uh, that said, I, I felt like RDBs were playing tighter, more physical coverage than I've seen in some weeks. So um, just like we're giving credit to what, what they were able to pull together up front against a rush defense, what they were doing in the past defense reminded me of the, the defense we were seeing from them six weeks ago. So um, again, I asked you, Dane, what, what could be the cause for that? Because uh, we should be getting that effort every week. So um, I'm wondering, is there any particular thing that you were picking up on? Well, it's always good news when the fourth leading receiver for a team is the center. Um, that means that maybe you're doing a good job. So that was exciting. Uh, I thought Eric Stokes played phenomenal football. I don't care who the quarterback was for the Vikings. To keep Justin Jefferson under 60 yards receiving is a absolute feat. Um, he Jefferson's just that good. So, um, Wakes, I thought that uh, at the line of scrimmage, the, the, the DBs were aggressive yesterday. We saw them hand fighting, hand checking. I thought that they were playing with a extra level of confidence yesterday, uh, which was apparent. Razul Douglas, I, I think we'll remember him undercutting, thinking he was going to get another pick six. One of the big plays the Vikings got was based on that. I actually didn't mind the aggressiveness in that moment in this game um, because I think the Packers, again, were smelling blood in the water. But I think the DBs were really confident. They were comfortable in the game plan yesterday. Um, I think that there was a, a, a comfort level. There, there was just more trust across the board, Wax. I don't know how else to put it. We, I, I think stopping the run, but also in the pass game. I think these DBs uh, had confidence that Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and others were going to get to the quarterback and they were going to disrupt some plays. And they knew that they needed to hold their ground for about three seconds. That ball was going to be coming out or that quarterback was going to be on the ground. They played like that yesterday. I thought that they played um, more press coverage yesterday, a little less zone at times uh, in, in third and long plays. And we were rewarded for that. Um, just overall, I liked the defensive scheme. I liked how it was drawn up. I thought we were aggressive. It doesn't hurt when you're winning at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage. But then our DBs were just out there balling. And more often than not, they were winning their assignments uh, against the guy who was across from them. Yeah, and you mentioned that. And I think from a schematic standpoint, what brought them together is Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage from a statistical and box score standpoint had a quiet game, but they're playing too high. Uh, mm-hmm. And so for most of the game, they're able to to play deep. And so what they're doing really is they're effectively taking away the Vikings having any realistic chance of, of beating them. Uh, vertically down the field. And so that enables all of our other corners, Shannon Sullivan, Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes, to go up and be aggressive and play that press coverage uh, because they know uh, that uh, they're they're big bros on the backside uh, and Donald Savage and Adrian Amos are saying, you know what, we got your back, guys. You go up, be physical, 
Uh, if if someone's going to try to beat us over the top, it's going to take a heck of a throw to thread the needle uh, because we're going to be uh, right behind you and, and covering up anything you're trying to do. And and that's that's difficult um, defense to be able to, to execute against, uh, especially with the speed that we have on the back end. Um, so I don't know what got us out of that. If we were freelancing just a little bit, we've talked about that in, in recent weeks. Um, it, it seemed like they were definitely minding their their uh, P's and Q's after Rasul Douglas tried to uh, undercut and go for that interception. Uh, Shannon Sullivan was definitely uh, motioning to him like, hey, man, yeah. you, you do your job. None of that stuff this week. We're, we're, we're taking care of business. And, and it's just like you knew they were on the same page, right? And so that – that obviously can make a tremendous difference when they do trust each other and they're communicating and they all understand what their responsibilities are. Yeah, no, you're spot on. It was, it was funny watching Shandon kind of motioning at him like, come on, man, <laughs> you're leaving me out here on that one. Is um, No, Wags, uh, anybody else on the defensive side that you want to highlight, any guys that stuck out to you? I mean, I, I just I, I can't say it enough for Sean Gary has been just remarkable this year, did it again, and he's just so disruptive uh, against a quarterback. And this was a week where we thought – that um, after some weeks of some more mobile quarterbacks that Rashawn was going to probably get his. And of course he did. It seems like every week Rashawn's popping up with some kind of big play on the quarterback at this week. Um, And I don't even know if he's under the radar anymore. He's just been that good. Uh, Anybody else stick out to you on this defense that was really popping off yesterday? Yeah. uh, His counterpart on either side, Preston Smith uh, also got himself a sack uh, two tackles for a loss, uh, a quarterback hit. So, I mean, he was doing some great stuff, um, particularly, I think, um, third quarter. Uh, I remember one play, one of those tackles for a loss got Dalvin Cook for a five-yard loss, and the Packers drew a holding uh, penalty on the Vikings. They were able to decline the holding penalty because Preston Smith just blew up that play. Uh, that's That's the type of impact – uh, that we need from from Preston Smith or over Sean Gary on a week to week basis. Those are the guys that can be the the stars on our defense. And uh, when we're getting plays like that, um, that's that's making a huge impact um, to the overall results that we're getting uh, over the course of four quarters. So um, don't don't underrate that at all. Those two guys needed to bounce back after the previous week um, and they did it in a big way. So kudos to both of them for doing that. Um, Dane, I think uh, before we move over to the offensive side of the ball, let's talk a little bit about our sponsor DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And I'd like to hear, did your wife Andrea have a banner day uh, for her daily fantasy lineup or is she going to be looking to rebound? Uh, in the final week of the regular season. She went with MVS. Um, so, you know, didn't quite work out the way she'd hoped fantasy-wise, although I think she'll take a Packer victory over fantasy any day of the week. But, um, you know, that's what's so fun about DraftKings Sportsbook. Never used it before, this promotion. She's been having so much fun. Uh, again, promo code TPPN. 
and uh, you know she was able to uh, put a dollar down, got a hundred dollars back in free bet swags, and she's been doing really, really well. She's still up on the season. I think the the question mark a lot of us are going to be scratching our heads about this coming week, fantasy wise, is. How much does Aaron play? Is Devontae going to play? Uh, who's the sneaky Packer pick? But that's that's for a different podcast that other people do. But just I think the important thing here, DraftKings Sportsbook, use promo code TPPN and get started on it now. It's going to be a fun playoff season. For sure. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Dane, um, looking at the offensive side of the ball, a lot to like. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to start with we don't always do this every week, but Aaron Rodgers, what another performance in those conditions. You look, you only have to look across the other side of the field at the other sideline to see how difficult playing quarterback probably was last night. And Aaron Rodgers made it look incredibly easy, um, was just masterful performance. Unfortunately, the only blip was the slow start we got off to in the first quarter again. However, I was encouraged that in our opening drive, we were able to be aggressive, take it right down the field. And we're a DeGuara. I'm not going to call it a straight up drop. It wasn't the easiest catch, but one he probably should have made in the end zone. Um, and we would have had a, a nice opening drive touchdown had he not done that. Even at that, getting a field goal uh, and an opening drive seems like a success for this team this season. Yeah. Um, second drive, getting down there. And uh, I'm not sure I loved going for it in fourth down. They just seemed a little off. In the previous couple of plays, I get it because they got a field goal the previous drive and the Vikings had gone for it themselves. And it kind of felt like we need to get a touchdown here. Um, however, uh, you know, it, it just didn't turn out. And I guess the feel I had in that situation was while it would have kind of been disappointing to trot uh, Mason Crosby out there, um, I, I wasn't. I don't blame him for being aggressive. I just, I, I wasn't feeling it at that moment. So I don't know if you agreed with that call to go for it or, um, or if, if you th- agree with me and, and I know hindsight's 2020, but um, those are the only quibbles I have uh, obviously with this offensive performance. And at the end of the day, we hung 37 up against the Vikings uh, and uh, just uh, we're pretty much, you know, moving the football up and down the field at will. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a long day when Rodgers hit Adams early on that uh, third and three play. Uh, Rodgers just looked crisp, and he looked like he could put the ball wherever he wanted to put it. Um, you mentioned the DeGuara, um, you know, play on that first drive. Um, the fact that Rodgers was able to put the ball where he put it on that throw, too, made me think, you know, maybe the Packers don't score right away, but they're going to get there. Uh, eventually, and then they're going to pour it on. And that is obviously what they ended up doing. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you what, Wags, if Aaron Rodgers looks like that for two more weeks in green Bay, um, it's going to be hard to beat the Packers at Lambeau field. 
Um, let's just be real. Um, Rodgers was that good, uh, but generally speaking, quarterbacks can only be as good as their offensive line. And I just got to give such a huge shout out to every single one of those guys across the across the line. Um, Dennis Kelly has played inspired football wags at right tackle since coming in for Billy Turner. He's played really strong football, uh, better than I expected. And, and he's really held the line there. Obviously, Yash Nyman. I want to shout them all out. Evan New, or uh, excuse me, Royce Newman, uh, John Runyon Jr., and Lucas Patrick. They're gelling right now. They ran the ball with authority. We saw it when Aaron Jones was getting his chunk plays earlier in the game, and we absolutely saw it later in the game with A.J. Dillon. I thought this Packer offensive line wore down the Minnesota Vikings uh, throughout the game. But as importantly, or maybe more importantly, they gave Aaron Rodgers that time to sit back in the pocket and just pick the Vikings apart. And that's why Rodgers was so good yesterday was that offensive line kept him clean two weeks in a row, no sacks on the quarterback, really hard to do in this football league. Uh, Rodgers then just strikes to Adams. And I know we're going to talk about how great Devontae was, as great as Aaron Rodgers has been this year. Devontae Adams is making a case um, to be, you know, everything in this league. He's the number one wide receiver in football right now. Rodgers, every week can go to him, and Adam's about as reliable and as explosive as they come. For sure. So Devontae, just, yeah, a great game all the way around. Uh, 11 catches, 136 yards, and touchdown. And congrats to him for breaking his own record for most receptions by a Packer receiver in a single season. I like that he did it in week 16 this year. He joked a little bit about um, – maybe not needing to sit out next week to get the record, to keep the record from, from being broken uh, as uh, happened a couple seasons ago. So, um, you know, anytime you can have those two guys and Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams on that level that they were last night, uh, that just makes everybody around them so much better. And um, you know, that's, one of those situations you referenced the third and three uh, that some people are probably sitting there thinking, just get the easy first down. And Aaron sitting there thinking, but I've got Devontae going down the sideline uh, and he goes and picks up 29 yards uh, rather than, you know, just taking the easy underneath route for four. Uh, but that's what they always do, man. And, and you've got to tip your cap at, at the execution. And because and, that is not easy, but they've been playing together at such a high level for so long now uh, that it's almost second nature. So it's beautiful to see, again, in those conditions, both of them able to keep their execution at that high of a level. You think about, you know, footwork that goes into that, hands, coordination, um, you know, one little slip is going to throw off the timing of everything from either of those guys. And they just don't let that happen. Um, so it, it's truly remarkable. I hope people uh, can have even just a inkling uh, or an iota of understanding and appreciation 
uh, of what they're accomplishing together because um, that's that's very unique uh, for for this game and so um, it's it's really cool to watch. Dane, talking about some other guys with some big games, you said at the top AJ Dillon, um, and then sticking maybe with the uh, pass catchers, yeah. Alan Lazard, your um, X factor, is week. able to make some big catches. Um, awesome touchdown catch, but really some very very nice chain moving catches um, surrounding that touchdown catch as well, be, both before and after that touchdown catch. Um, so I thought he had a very well rounded game yesterday as well. Yeah, how his hands, how strong are those hands uh, on one of those chain moving plays? Rogers fits it in, you know, the, the smallest of spaces. And, and to see Lazard be able to hang on to that ball and bring it down with him and, and complete the catch, uh, so hard to do in that weather, in that cold. And it's really fun to watch Alan Lazard coming on, especially at this time of year. We talked about it before this game, Wags, didn't we? We, we said, um, you know, who's going to step up opposite of Devontae because we're, we're looking for that other weapon, uh, that other receiving weapon. And uh, we've seen at times Lazard, at times MVS. Lazard is starting to put it on right now. And this is the guy that we wanted him to be. This is the guy we want him to move the chain. We want him to be physical um, in the run game. Not only the run game, we saw it yesterday. Packers got the ball in Devontae's hands. Right when they get it, right when it touches Devontae's hands, boom, Lazard's throwing a block. Uh, on a DB, opens up a first down. Uh, he just brings that extra dimension. He's a big, long, physical wide receiver. And uh, Wags, those are the performances we want out of Alan Lazard. Those are the performances we're going to need out of Alan Lazard uh, here for the next few weeks here. And I think Aaron Rodgers is, again, seeing the field in such a way, uh, MVP-style season yet again for Aaron Rodgers. You've got to love that Lazard's putting this tape out there because of the defense even at times needs to shift attention to Allen that opens it up for MVS. Now it opens up running lanes for Aaron Jones or for, uh, or AJ Dillon. It just adds that other dimension to this offense and it makes them that much more dangerous. Yeah, for sure. And I, I really also, uh, before we talk about AJ Dillon, um, yeah. Aaron Jones, I thought in the uh, pass receiving game, it was Love nice to see, to see him get more involved. And that's that's what we've been missing for a lot of this season. But five receptions last night for Aaron Jones, and he didn't get a ton of carries in the second half. Um, kind of just just went with AJ Dillon to ice this thing. But um, really, really happy to see. Aaron, uh, Aaron to Aaron connection with uh, Aaron Jones um, didn't rack up a ton of big yards uh, as a receiver, but thought he made some key catches in a few moments that even if it was only five or six yards um, kept us in a suitable down and distance situation. Just nice to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. I uh, see him out in the open field. So I was pleased with that development as well. Um, and, and that Aaron Rodgers was able to find Aaron Jones in, in at the right moments. Uh, he wasn't forcing him the ball, but, um, but, and Aaron Jones was able to uh, be more involved in that matchup as well. Yeah. Wags. So now we're sitting here with two running backs on the Packers, uh, that both have a thousand, uh, all purpose yards for the season in a year where Devontae's done what he's done and Aaron Rodgers is doing what he's done. I think that says so much about the offense. It says an awful lot about Hackett and LaFleur's play calling abilities and their scheming every week. Um, 
right now they have evenly touched the ball. It's been distributed so evenly uh, to, to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Um, it says a lot about not only the play calling, but also the egoless attitude of these two running backs to both of them. They're clearly rooting for each other to get the ball. They're, they're rooting for each other to, to um, do what they're doing. Um, and some weeks Aaron Jones is going to be the guy other weeks, AJ Dillon's going to be the guy. Um, but when the Packers drafted AJ Dillon Wags, um, and we learned a little bit about who he was and before he even put on pads in green Bay, um, we saw the size, we saw the physical attributes And I think we both kind of dreamed of a day where we would see what happened last night come to fruition. Big time football game under the lights at Lambeau Field in this environment, in that weather, to see A.J. Dillon do what he did is everything we could have absolutely hoped for when they took him in the second round. And this is what he's here in Green Bay to do is this time of year and lay the hammer here for the next couple of weeks. Uh, that's what he's here to do. And for him to do it in such an authoritative way, um, I thought he had great vision. Uh, he showed great balance, great strength, obviously. Um, but some guys get signature plays over the course of their career. That final touchdown, that nail in the coffin, A.J. Dillon touchdown uh, in that end zone where he just ran over a, th- a few Vikings defenders, Um Devontae Adams, four yards out, if you go back and watch the video, already has his hands up like this is going to be a touchdown. (laughs) And then A.J. Dillon just carries guys in for that touchdown. Um, It it gave me goosebumps to watch that because that was what it's all about. That's the attitude of this team. I can't say enough about the personality A.J. Dillon's brought to this team, uh, but also just the the physical mentality, how he runs with the ball. He's kind of that ultimate Green Bay Packers style running back. And to see him do that, um, this is what we need from him. And I expect more from it. It's so, so damn exciting to watch A.J. Dillon play football. For sure. I think what's really cool, too, is um, they're able to keep Aaron Jones fresh now because he had the injury, uh, the knee injury. And I think these last couple of weeks we've seen he just looks like he's shot out of a cannon. He's got fresh legs. You can just tell. And he picked up a couple of long runs yesterday in the first half. He's got some burst. And so I'm excited. He only got eight carries yesterday. They basically kept him on the shelf for most of that second half, to be honest with you. Um, I'm super excited because we're we're not going to stop giving A.J. Dillon the ball, certainly. And we're not going to, you know, just all of a sudden run the ball 40 times. However, the fact that we've got Aaron Jones potentially ready to go if we need 15 to 20 carries from him in a week where maybe we're playing from behind a little bit, or we just need that dimension um, out there a a little bit. And and we're not necessarily trying to, you know, if we're playing from behind or it's a high scoring game type of situation where you might, it might be more of an Aaron Jones type game. Um, Now he looks like he's really healthy and I, I'm very confident that he's going to be able to carry that load if the Packers need him to, to get some extra touches in one of these weeks in the playoffs. Uh, because that was one of the things where 
I think we've seen uh, as good as Aaron Jones has been, he's worn down a little bit at times, especially early in his career. But I mean, even last year, I'm not going to say that he was worn down and that was the reason for his tough game in the NFC championship game. Um, But I don't think that's an issue (laughs) this year. And we've got Aaron Jones as fresh as he's ever been this late in the season for his entire career. And that's a very, very exciting prospect for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like a um, bullpen, you know, you're, you're trying to manage pitchers arms a little bit with how the Packers have done this with the running backs this year. Um, But they both seem so ready to go. I mean, AJ Dillon, I think yesterday uh, you mentioned it, um, he had 14 carries and then a couple of receptions as well, 63 yards. So it's not like they were feeding AJ Dillon all game long either. Um, the, these two guys are going to be fresh going in, as you mentioned, and it's just exceedingly exciting um, to see that uh, in the moments that we're going to need them going forward. Now, I've got a question for you in the tight end room, Wags. Um, uh, kind of interesting how they managed this yesterday. Mercedes Lewis played a lot less snaps. Uh, he was coming off the COVID list, so not sure if that was part of it. Maybe it wasn't part of it. Maybe the Packers saw the writing on the wall. Mercedes is uh, oftentimes a, uh, a veteran does not practice guy at this stage in his career. So maybe as the game pro- progressed, they said, you know what, Mercedes, uh, we're going to need you. <laughs> so let's take a, take a break here for the rest of the game. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised, actually, to see the amount of snaps that Tyler Davis got. Tyler Davis ends up getting 32 snaps yesterday, leads the tight end room. Uh, Close behind him is Josiah DeGuara and then Dom Daphne uh, with 19 after that. Um, But I I really like to see what... what, uh, excuse me, Tyler was able to do uh, yesterday. I thought he played pretty good football overall. Um, I just like what our tight end room did. I like how the Packers are using these tight ends. Uh, all of these guys are getting their snaps, but I'm just kind of curious what your read was from that. Cause Tyler had a busy day, 32 snaps on offense, another 24 on special teams. I mean, the dude was playing like lights out football. I thought yesterday, especially for a guy who wasn't in green Bay until October. Um, do you think it's more to come? Do you think it was just a game of circumstance uh, that this was kind of the shakeout or, you know, what was your read? Cause the Packers do a lot with their tight ends. It's always noticeable who's on the field and when they're out there. Yeah. It's really interesting. Tyler Davis was also on the COVID list and uh, most of the week. So it's not like you you could easily just say, well, they were game planning the whole week. They knew he was going to have to be the guy to step in, take Mercedes' normal inline blocking role. Um, Dominique Daphne and, and uh, Josiah DeGuara usually are you know lined up more in an H-back or a fullback, kind of behind the line of scrimmage. And Tyler Davis is really more of that inline tight end like Mercedes Lewis is. So you could point to that. However, he wasn't practicing most of the week either. So I don't know if they knew something. It's kind of strange considering there's a, at least a chance in theory that neither Mercedes Lewis or Tyler Davis were going to play. Right. Uh, so when did they figure that out in the game plan? Um, so that's my question. And so it is an interesting thing. It's like, did they know that he was asymptomatic and was almost certainly going to clear, be ready to go? I, I mean, probably, I, I'm guessing. Um, was this a little bit of game flow with Mercedes? Maybe he was more affected. Uh, if he had COVID, um, maybe even if he was good enough to get cleared and go, 
his conditioning may not have been great for this game. Veteran guy, we're up, you know, you sit out this series, big man, and then second half, it's just kind of, all right, you, you know, you can have the rest of the day off type situation. So um, I, I obviously don't know for sure, but um, just from the outside looking in and me 100% speculating, I guess those are a couple of the factors that I would point to. I don't think this is a changing of the guard. I, I do think no. it's going to be more Mercedes Lewis um, the rest of the way uh, absent this week, uh, since I expect most of our main guys will uh, be playing sparingly or if at all, but uh, we'll talk more about that on Thursday. So, um, but uh, Dane, I, I, not to cut it off, did you have any other insights on that, or do you? Have no, not else not at offense? all. Just thought it was kind of just a fascinating thing, if nothing else. You know, based on the snap counts the previous few weeks, I know Daff's been nursing an ankle issue too. So, just kind of an interesting thing, if nothing else, yeah. uh, mainly because of how much this tight end role is important to this Packer offense. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, Dane, I think then just transitioning into special teams. Uh, before we talk about your new favorite player, Love him, um, slight concern to start the game with special teams uh, with uh, Corey Borges uh, botching the snap, thankfully able to get it down for Mason to make the field goal. <laughs> yeah. um, not a great uh, feeling when we see that and then just shanking a punt. And I think that was that his only punt of the game. Now he had two punts. So punts, um, yeah. Yeah, the other one later in the game, but it, it it wasn't great. I know he was on the COVID uh, list most of the week as well, uh, but uh, slight concern, obviously, that um, that uh, that was going on. Um, for the most part, I think the rest of the special teams was good, and now I'm going to lay the floor uh, for your new favorite Packer. Uh, the guy that I, I seriously thought about having to shut down our Twitter account for, we couldn't even get through one game, and I felt you're going to jinx the jinx the poor kid about uh, a punt return. But uh, David Moore, how about yeah. it, Dane? I think we've it. got a return man. I think we found David Moore now. Of course, he's on the COVID list as of today. Uh, unfortunately, I, I I don't mean to laugh. I mean it's just you know we we hope we wish the best for him. Obviously, as a as a human. Uh, but we hope he's healthy and gets back really quickly because I was really pleased with what David was able to do for us, Wags. Um, I thought that he looked really fluid catching the, the ball uh, on the punt returns. He did. I mean, he looked comfortable back there, looked like he'd done it before, caught the ball, moved forward, moved upfield, um, had, you know, I thought just showed good hands and showed good uh, instincts. And then special teams, some guys just have instincts out there with what to do, uh, body, you know, the, the the pacing, the positioning of where the coverage unit is. Um, he was vocal. We saw him yesterday calling off um, some of the guys. We saw him shouting uh, on one of the, the short punts by the Vikings punter. I saw, I, you know, you could see his body language. It looked like he was in control back there. So, um, you know, we kind of say it in jest, but this has been a, a point of huge concern for the Packers throughout the year, special teams overall, but the return unit has been something of a negative. Um, if, 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 if Moore is able to come into green Bay and continue to do what he just did last night, um, that's gotta be a huge win because that takes a huge concern off of us. I think going in the playoffs now there's other special teams concerns, but let's eliminate things where we can. And who knows, maybe at the end of the year, we're sitting here talking about how smart Goody was with yet another late season signing. Cause you know, so far so good with David Moore. I'm glad to see him get the opportunity. 
Yeah, um, averaged 11 yards on four punt returns. That's um, not bad, man. That's this pretty league. good, yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I will take that any day of the week. And, and more importantly, as he said, looked comfortable, uh, both fielding the ball and, and playing the ball. So even a couple that he didn't uh, feel, uh, communicating and, and making sure that um, that everyone was out of the way and in the right position. So, um, Dane, anything else special teams-wise? It's always nice to see Mason uh, knock a few more field goals yeah. through. Again, still haven't seen if he's comfortable from further than about 35 yards, but um, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to say as long as he's making the field goals out there, um, hopefully he's putting some of the struggles from the earlier portion of his season in the rearview mirror. The further we get away from that, hopefully the less uh, we'll have to be concerned that it's an issue when it matters the most. Like something tells me we're going to find out how Mason is from about 45 or 50 at a very important time in this season. <laughs> I think we are. Yeah, yeah. probably will. So, um, and I still trust him, man. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I still trust him when it matters most. So, yep. Dane, anything else uh, special teams? Otherwise, I think we're ready to get into our Big Cheese Players of the Week. Let's do it, Wags. And I'm curious your take this week. Uh, let's start on the defensive side of the ball. We started the podcast with the defensive side. I want to know, uh, out of all these guys who played a hell of a game last night against the Vikings, who you got as your nominee for Big Cheese Defensive Player of last night's game? Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm going to go with Preston Smith, uh, the guy that I mentioned earlier, two tackles for a loss, a sack, um, quarterback hurry. Uh, I thought that Preston Smith did a great job against the run. Uh, he wasn't the only one, certainly. That was a full team effort on the defensive side of the ball. But um, he's the guy that I think just really, you know, uh, he just sets the tone. Uh, when it comes to run defense, a lot of times when we've got good Preston Smith, it, it, it even if he's not the one making the tackle, you just sort of can tell that the Packers defense is more in sync um, when we're talking about run defense. So uh, I, he's not the only one that deserves credit, certainly. But if I got to pick one, um, I just felt like his impact both in the box score as well as just the eye test and just just the feel of, of what was happening out on the field. Um, he's the guy I'm going to pick. So Preston Smith, great week, uh, timely, timely performance and just a fantastic job. Yeah, you, you, I couldn't say any better. I, I completely agree. There are a number of guys could be in the running, but man, Preston was just so darn good. Yet again, this is not the first time this year he gets our big cheese player, and it's well-deserved. He's just continued to bounce back, you know, from last season. Um, offensive side of the ball. I'm curious your take here. We talked about a few guys that played a huge role. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers could get it every week, um, but I'm curious, you know, What's your readout on the offensive big cheese player of the game? Man, this one's pretty tough. You could say Devontae Adams, Stephen. I know we gave it to him a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's either A.J. Dillon or Alan Lazard for me. And I, I, I'm kind of leaning Alan Lazard just because when the game was slightly in the balance, especially in first half, early third quarter, he just made some of his biggest plays. And – we talk almost every week, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, for the most part, most weeks, they just sort of do their thing. But for Alan Lazard, 
to come up with some of the plays that he did. That was the difference in that second quarter, I think. Um, we're, we're stuck on three points. He gets that first touchdown, and and then it was just kind of off to the races. Made uh, uh, several other big catches that kept uh, possessions and series going. Um, so I uh, didn't have the most eye-popping box score. Certainly, if you look at it from that perspective, Devontae uh, earned it over Alan Lazard. Uh, but uh, just from what you expect to get, uh, I, I'm going to go with Alan. Uh, you know, he always does all of the little things as well. You pointed out some of the blocks that he was making out on the field last night that don't show up in the box score. And a lot of times as a casual viewer or fan, you're not going to notice those things as well. But that's the difference between a Devontae Adams three-yard play like he got it right. in the right. in the second quarter on one of those series, uh, or first quarter, I'm sorry, uh, EQ missed a block mm-hmm. um, versus when Alan Lazard makes a block and all of a sudden Devontae's got a 13, 14-yard reception. So um, it, it doesn't go unnoticed when you and I are watching and a lot of other Packer fans, but um, uh, we don't have a lot of opportunities to recognize Alan Lazard or some of these other guys. And uh, so I thought he earned it this week and I'm going to throw it his way. I, you know what? I'm sold. You sold me. It's uh, Devonte Adams. If he ever listens to this podcast, Wags, he's going to go, man, I beat Don Hudson's record and I don't <laughs> even get the big cheese. But I, I sold. I'm not even the receiver that gets it, uh, but sold. I think uh, Lazard, you said it. He does all the little things right. Played a really strong game. And in the moments that mattered, he made clutch plays. So you sold me on it, Wags. I will stamp uh, with a big rubber cheese stamp, uh, the big cheese Alan Lazard this week. All right. Well, very good. So, Dane, any other closing thoughts before we sign off then for tonight? No, it's it's been a really fun season, and I hope it goes for about four more weeks here, four more uh, games, I should say, um, <laughs> uh, for, for, for us, because we're having a lot of fun doing it. So thanks, everybody, for listening. and just really proud of this Packers team, uh, as resilient as I can ever recall, a Green Bay Packers team, this one right here. For sure. So as always, be legendary and go Pack Go! go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.